I want to thank you for joining me again today as we look at the Sunday sermon and kind of reflect on it, on it a little bit more. If you remember, remember from Sunday, uh, David appeared to have gotten away with a terrible sin. He had committed adultery, he had murdered a man, and he appeared to have gotten away with it. Nobody really knew the truth of what had, was happening. In fact, from all appearances, it looked like Uriah was just one of those unfortunate soldiers who had died in battle and left a, a, a wife at home who was pregnant with a child. And people must have been thinking, you know, what's going to become of her? What's going to become of her child now that she doesn't have a husband to take care of her? And they're probably feeling the tragedy of the, of the situation for her. But then David steps in. King David steps in. And he does something that must have, in all outward appearance, showed the great kindness of, of him by taking her into the household and making her one of his wives. And there's no doubt in my mind that the people must have been thinking, you know, what a great king that he is. And so from all outward appearance, it seemed like David had gotten away with it. And here's the other thing, that David didn't mind getting away with it. That it, it, it didn't affect him. I mean, he wasn't, it doesn't appear that he was in any way ashamed or guilty or regretful or remorseful in what he had done. I mean, when you read chapter 11 of 2 Samuel going into chapter 12 of 2 Samuel, there's no indication that David was at all displeased with himself. Now, we know God was displeased with him because it says right at the end of the chapter, uh, God was displeased with what David had done. So we know that was true for God, but it doesn't appear to be true for David. And, and the other thing is that, you know, even when J Joab was a little bit disappointed with what he had done, in fact, it uses the same word in the Hebrew, when he was disappointed for what had taken place, David sends him a message and says, Joab, don't be disappointed with what takes, has taken place. I mean, this is what happens to soldiers. They carry the sword, they die by the sword, this is what's happened. And so as we move from chapter 11 to chapter 12, there appears to be no indication that David has any kind of harsh feelings about what he's done. And now Nathan shows up as we showed on Sunday. Nathan comes because he was sent by God to confront David. But there's nothing that tells us in the story that anything was going on in the heart of David at this point. But there was a lot going on in the heart of David. And we're going to find that out because David is going to write two Psalms in the book of Psalms, Psalm 51 and Psalm 32, and both of them indicate that David was stressed out and feeling guilty by what he had done. Here's the introduction to Psalm 51. It says, A Psalm of David when Nathan the prophet came to him after his adultery with Bathsheba. And so as David writes Psalm 51, he set the scene for us, telling us that this, this is a psalm that I wrote after Nathan had visited me and after I had confessed to the sin that I had committed. And so he writes this psalm, and listen to what he says. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. It goes on to say, against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. See, now that's exactly what David said. Remember, that's, those are the very words about him sinning against the Lord when Nathan confronted him. Nathan came with that story, the story of 
uh, a, a rich man taking the little ewe lamb of a poor man and using that lamb for a meal that he was going to provide for a friend who was coming to visit. And when David heard that story, he was enraged that a man would be so unjust to do something like that. And that's when Nathan said to him, David, you know, I am talking about you. You're that man. And I hope you can see it, but I'm talking to you about that because you are the one. And that's when David said, you know, I have sinned against the Lord. And he acknowledges that sin. And so in Psalm, he's saying, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And then he adds this, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. And then he adds, and then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Notice that he says, then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners will return to you. Then that's what I'll do. Then that's what I'll do. God created me a clean heart. God renew a right spirit within me. God don't take your Holy Spirit from me. God, restore the joy of your salvation to me. And when that's true, then I will teach your ways to others who have transgressed in the same way that I did so that they can be restored and return to you. And so God is, or excuse me, David is making a big promise. He's promising God, God, I'm going to make what I've done public. I'm going to make it a teaching illustration to others. I will let others know that there's great forgiveness in you so they don't have to hide their sins from others. And so that's the promise that David made. And that's the promise that David keeps. Because when you now go from Psalm 51 to Psalm 32, you find David being true to the promise that he made. And so Psalm 32 starts with this word, a Psalm of David and it says, a mescal. And you're thinking, well, what's a mescal? Well, in the Hebrew, it's a term that has to do with music. And it's really an idea that you write a song and you put it to music. And it's used for a teaching purpose. That it has a purpose of instructing others in the ways that they should live as well. And so we're told at the beginning of Psalm 32 that here's a psalm that we are to sing so that we can learn something from it. And what are we to learn? We're to learn the greatness of God's forgiveness. That's what David wants us to understand. And he's going to use himself, again, the amazing thing is he's going to use himself as the object for his teaching of what it was like for him when he hid his sin and tried to cover up his sin, and then what it was like for him when he confessed his sin and, and sought forgiveness for, from God for his sin. And so David is actually coming and saying, let me sing you a song, and let me sing you a song that comes from my life about a God who is willing to forgive even the worst of sinners. And so I'm going to read the psalm. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to read it. I'm only going to read part of it. I'm going to read the first five verses because that pertains to what we're talking about this morning. And so again, the purpose of David writing it is so that we can take heart from the instruction he gives about how we are to respond to God forgiveness. So here's what he says. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose heart there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. 
For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. And then he says, And I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquities of my sin. Now those are tremendous verses, aren't they? But the point that, that is important for us is that this is what David was going through between chapter 11 and chapter 12 of 2 Samuel, especially verses 3 and 4, where he says, For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. Your strength, or my strength, was dried up as by the heat of the summer. And so the point of his teaching is that if we try to cover up our sin, we're always going to be unhappy. We're always going to be miserable. It's, it's an impossible situation to be in and feel good about ourselves and being pleased with ourselves. And the people on the outside might not see it taking place, but on the inside, we'll know in our heart that that's what's going on. And so the only way to deal with it is to confess our sin, David says, confess the sin and receive the forgiveness that God is willing to offer. And I said, I will confess my sin, my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And what I love about this story is that when we acknowledge our sin, God forgives us immediately. You know, when you look at Scripture, forgiveness from God never is delayed when he knows that a heart is turning toward him, when he knows that a heart is repentant for what it's, it's, it has happened. See, forgiveness is always immediately. It always happens right then. And it's a wonderful truth for us to remember as his children. I hope you've you had some help to think about forgiveness today. Um, God bless you, and we'll look forward to seeing you come Sunday. Have a great day.